Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. On 1250 a.m., the fan. I'm living for the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight, you picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, welcome to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. As I've said for a long time, I am flying solo this week. It was good to, to hear Pastor Ken on a show last week when we replayed the uh, Bobby Bowden show. And uh, you know what? He, I, I miss having him in studio with me because you can tell by listening to the old shows how much fun we have. And uh, I still see him every Sunday up at Brookside Baptist Church, but boy, it uh, would be good. And I look forward to having him back in studio. Speaking of Brookside Baptist Church, I go there every Sunday. I'm the valet driver. If you want to come out, I'll, I'll park your car for you. You can sit in the back to the right. That's where my wife and I sit. Uh, we go to the early service. And uh, I'm out front about a half hour before uh, the church starts, and, and I'm, I'm valeting cars. I've got about four or five girlfriends that, I don't know, Edna's my favorite if she's listening, but I've got a number of people that I park their cars for. Well, one guy that I help a little bit um, because he's hurting a little bit physically right now is a guy named Roman. And Roman said, hey, i got to talk to you. I've got somebody that I really want you to consider to be a guest on Faith in the Zone. And I think he is perfect for that show. I said, that'd be great. Who is it? He said, his name is Tom Meyer. He is the former Wisconsin Badger baseball coach. And I heard him speak at a, at a prayer breakfast and he was phenomenal. And I think he's over at Eastbrook and, and there's a couple of ways for you to get a hold of him. So I want to thank Roman. I would thank Pastor Ken Keltner who passed along uh, Tom's information and, and his phone number. And for the entire hour today, we're joined by Tom Meyer, Meyer who is the Badger baseball coach for 13 years. One thing that I got to figure this out, he, he went to school at Northwestern, but he coached at Wisconsin. Hey, so, so Tom, hey, first of all, Tom, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Great to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. So when, when the Badgers were playing Northwestern uh, in baseball, I know you're rooting for the Badgers, right? You became a cheesehead. I became a cheesehead. I'm from Milwaukee. Good. So Wisconsin's in my heart all the way around. That where where'd you go to high school? I went to Washington High School. Yeah, you were a pergolder. I was a pergolder, and uh, it was a it was a it was a different school back in those days. I missed Herb Cole and Bud Selig by a few years. They were already out. It was only a three year school, sophomore, junior, and senior, and they were already out. And uh, high school baseball actually started in Milwaukee my junior year, which would have been nineteen. Uh, 1954. So now everybody knows I'm an old guy. Well, hey, I'll tell you this, Tom. The reason I do shows like this, it started because my mom was a big high school basketball fan. She went to Washington. We lost her a year ago, April. Uh, she was 91, but she lived. Uh, my grandmother 
um, lived right on the corner of 43rd Street and Lisbon above the pharmacy. There was a pharmacy cross street from what I think was the library and um, and Washington Park. And that's where uh, my grandmother and grandfather and, and my mom, I think she lived there for a while as well. But she went to Washington High School and, and she loved high school basketball and she she uh, she got me to love it too, and I coached for 36 years, and uh, I, I wish that she was around so she would always listen to this show and my high school basketball show. Well, we transferred buses right out of that corner. Well, her so Claire was the Claire was the far. I came up, and then we hit the Sherman Boulevard bus to go to school. So, well, Claire was probably, the pharmacist. Saw your mother. Yep, Claire, her uh, really good friend, was ended up to be a pharmacist, and a friend of my grandmother's was a pharmacist in the pharmacy below, and anytime I'd visit my grandmother, she'd bring us in the pharmacy, and Claire would give us some candy. That I remember. Hmm. You know, unbelievable. Hey, hey. Tom, I, I, I got to tell you that um, and when we talked a little bit off the air, you said, hey, I, I was one of the guys that started the Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Association, and, you know, in the summertime, um, Scott Holler, who was the president um, of the Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Association for a while, is my co-host. And every other week, we do the Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Association um, high school coaches show. And so every other Saturday in the summer, we reach out to uh, baseball coaches from all over the state and just talk to them about their program and their players and, and their conferences and stuff like that. And I told you that I have a story about this, that you'll, anything you need to know about my wife, Terry, this is exactly why I married her. Um, probably, I don't know, three or four months ago, I was doing my Saturday shows from the office at my house. And she was off, it was Saturday morning, she was off at the grocery store, and I went to a break and I went and grabbed the mail. And in the same mail, Tom, I got a, a, a package from the Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Association and an envelope from the Wisconsin Basketball Coach Association, all in one mail. And I opened the package from the Baseball Coach Association, and they named me their Media Man of the Year. Oh, that's great. A beautiful plaque. It, I was just so, like, taken back by that. And then I opened the basketball one, and there, it was a letter saying that I'll be inducted into the Wisconsin Basketball Coach Association Hall of Fame on September 25th. Same mail. So oh, I put wow. I put this on the kitchen table and I proudly walked to my office and you know pride has always been an issue with me and now I'm on the air and I'm talking and Terry comes in my wife comes in from the grocery store and she's putting the groceries away and I I walk in I go how you doing she goes good you I said good she goes take out the garbage <laughs> I go what she goes take out the garbage I said did you see the kitchen table she goes I did take out the garbage and we'll talk about it when you come back in and I'm walking down the sidewalk, Tom, and I'm like, Ma, I can't believe it. Bah, 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 bah. And I'm yelling to myself. And I walk back in, and she hugs me, and she says, I'm so proud of you, but nobody's getting a big head in my house. <laughs> and I said, baby, this is the reason I married you right here. You put me in check every chance you get. I, I just love that. Hey, Tom, growing up, um, and so you played then City Conference Baseball for a year or two then? For two years, yeah. And senior senior year. Were you a big baseball guy before that? Uh, yes, we had. Well, we had a lot of the Stars Yesterday League was in Milwaukee, which anybody over whatever age uh, will remember. Those teams were named after former Milwaukee Brewers players. That was American Association Milwaukee Brewers in those days, and uh, so we ended up having. Uh, well, we played in an All Star game at the Old Orchard Field. And uh, after that All-Star game, we decided as North players to stick together the next year. And so we all stick to, stuck together. So we had a great team on the North side. And uh, we won the city championship uh, in Stars yesterday. And then uh, moved up to the Midget League and won the city championship there. And we always played Teddy Brzezink's bar or Casey Brzezink's bar on the south side. And Teddy Brzezink was uh, the son of Casey Brzezink. And they owned everything on the south side. So we really had a good time playing against each other over the years and, and still connect with each other today. Boy, that's that's awesome. You know, um, I played a, a number of Pony League games at Washington Park. Mm -hmm. So across the street um, from, again, where my mom kind of grew up. And I can tell you that back then I went to St. Peter and Paul on the east side and, and we had a decent Pony League team. And, and it was seventh and eighth grade kids. And I think 
the, I don't think I hit a ball any farther, even in high school, than I did at Washington Park, but there was no fence. But that thing rolled a long way. Tom, I got to be honest, it a kid a hung a curveball. Yeah, he hung a curveball, and I hit that thing. And boy, oh boy, that thing went a long way. And I thought, as I was rounded third base, I thought, man, I'm not sure I ever hit a ball that far before. It was good. Hey, when um, t- let's talk a little bit about your coaching um, history then. You know, I I still, to this day, Tom, and I bet you do too, I still get people asking me if I think that, that Wisconsin will ever bring baseball back. And we'll get into that conversation. But I'm wondering, you know, prior to becoming the, the, the coach with the Badgers, what was your, your, your coaching trait? That's a good question. Uh, I actually credit my working on the playgrounds in Milwaukee, where I learned a lot about coaching. Uh, I worked in uh, way in the inner city at Norris one year, and then I went up to Washington Park. Ah. And uh, they had a playground. It was a city playground in a county park. They were experimenting. And I was with those, those wonderful young men and women for seven years. And I still hear from them today. And uh, that was that was we had lots of teams. We had four softball teams, uh, younger age, right on the playground, kind of an inter intra playground. And then we had the teams that traveled, and we had a great time with volleyball and softball, and it was just just a wonderful group of young men. So I learned a lot there. Then I went to Northwestern, and then when I finished there as a player, and I wasn't a very good player. And as I, as I tell people, the scouts told me I was missing just one thing to get to the big leagues. And I was all excited to try to practice that one thing. And they said, ability. <laughs> so that took the wind out of that. And then I ended up uh, being asked to uh, stay on Northwestern staff, which was just a two-man staff. The head coach, uh, Coach Lindstrom, who's in the Hall of Fame today, and, uh, and myself. So I had two years working on a master's and being on Northwestern staff. Then I went to Northern Illinois for six years. Or actually, in between, I was at uh, Evanston Township High School. Uh, the athletic director at Northwestern, uh, when I tried to get that job after the head coach resigned in the middle of my uh, second year of coaching, I, uh, I, I wanted that job, uh, but I didn't get it. He said, get some high school experience. So I was a math teacher. and taught at the high school at Evanston and was an assistant coach. And that was an eye-opening place. They had nine gymnasiums, two swimming pools, three baseball fields right on campus. It was a great place to get my feet wet and a wonderful baseball program. And then after uh, two years there, I went out to Northern Illinois and became the head coach out there for six years. Wow. You know, you when you talk about being on the playground at Washington, you know, I, I, I talk a lot about it. I grew up on, on Bartlett Avenue playground. Mm-hmm. And I, I can tell you that I, I referenced that a lot because it was pretty much five or six days a week, normally five days a week. I would wake up and my mom worked at the UWM bookstore and she would have a little honey to do list for me, right? Get you know, wash the, the back stairs, get the dishes done, take the garbage out. And I would I would get that done very quickly because I had to get to Bartland Avenue Playground because it opened at nine. And I never knew Tom, running down to the playground, what we were going to do that day. We're going to play strikeout. We're going to play basketball. We're going to play softball. We're going to, I learned how to play chess. You know, all of this stuff with all these guys. And then we'd, we'd, we'd go against different playgrounds like Hartford and Maryland. And it just, it was so fun. And it was something different every day. And the, and the young people, now they, they seemed old to me then. They were probably 17, 18, 19 years old. But they had things planned or, you know, I'd run onto the playground and they'd say, hey, okay, this is what you want to do this today. You want to, we're, we're running this tournament today. You want in? And I'd be like, ah, no, I think I want to do this today, but thanks. And I'd go do whatever. And, but it was a full day and we would stay in the playground from nine till five. And I, Tom, I probably drove those young people crazy, to be quite honest with you. But I love the fact that that's where you kind of, you know, you learn how to develop and, and deal with, with, with young adults. Yeah, you sure do. And it works both ways because I learned a lot about working with young people the same way. And then after Northern, I, got right up, I went right up to Wisconsin. So. 
Hey, do you remember um, when when you got the call that that you were um, going to be the next head coach for the Wisconsin Badger baseball team? That must have been a really good day for you. Well, it was interesting. Uh, the, the story actually unfolds on a little lake in northern Wisconsin uh, where we go on vacation every year, and we, had, uh, we bought a cabin up there. My predecessor at Wisconsin had been there 30-some years, and he was, he was an institution and a wonderful, wonderful guy by the name of Arthur W. Diney Mansfield, and he's remembered by any Wisconsin alum over those years. And uh, he and I would fish every year. because I got to know him when I was playing at Northwestern, and when I was coaching at Northern Illinois, we'd play them, and uh, we, my, my parents would take me on vacation over the years, uh, at Muskelange Lake in Oneida County, which wasn't too far from uh, Nelson Lake in Vilas County. So Diney and I would go fishing every year. And uh, the year before I went up there, uh, we were sitting in the boat on Nelson Lake, a little 27-acre lake, no motors, just beautiful muskies, and this great, beautiful spot. And uh, Diney started to tell me when he was going to retire to the day. And uh, whatever prompted me, it had to be a Lord thing. I said, well, what does one have to do to get your job? And he point, he was a big, big, he's a former boxer, great big guy, and big on the outside and soft on the inside and great guy. And he looked at me, pointed his finger, said, you do everything I tell you to do, and you'll be the next baseball coach at the University of Wisconsin. Wow. And I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. So I came in. In the fall of 69, as an assistant for one year, knowing Diney was going to retire the next year, and that if I did everything he told me to do, I'd become the head baseball coach. And about that time, Elroy Hirsch came in as athletic director, which was really a, a godsend to the university at that time. Yeah, very much so. Hey, we're going to get to a break, and we're going to pick it up uh, right there. Uh, we were talking to Tom Meyer, former Wisconsin Badger baseball coach. He's a Milwaukee guy. If you listen to that first segment, Washington High School, you know, he was a coach on the playground across the street um, from where my mom grew up over at Washington Park. And now he is the uh, pastor of volunteer recruitment at Eastbrook Church. We'll talk a little bit about that um, throughout the show. And, and his life verse is, is Romans 8, 28, 31. And we're, we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show as well and, and talk to him a little bit about that verse. Other side of the break. We're going to ask Tom Meyer to share his testimony with us. This is Faith in the Zone. On 12.50 a.m., The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 12.50 a.m., The Fan. I'm just a nobody trying to tell all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen and you changed the world. Well, Welcome back to Faith in the Zone. On 1250 AM, the fan, I am Mike McGarren, our special guest. You know, he uh, he surprised me with a few things in that first segment. I, I just, it made me go right back to Bartlett Avenue Playground when he talked about some of the things he has done in his life. He is Tom Meyer, former Wisconsin Badger baseball coach, from 1970 to 1983, and currently he's the pastor of volunteer recruitment at Eastbrook Church. And in a bio that I saw, it said, what are your responsibilities at Eastbrook? He said, meet with people. What do you love about that? I don't know. I love meeting with people. And and I love a guy like that because, I don't know, him and I have a lot in common because, you know what, that I like that as well. Hey, Tom, the second segment of Faith in the Zone, we always ask people to share their testimony, and I'm will, I'm, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to do that for us? I'd be happy to, of course. Sure. Um, beginning in the beginning, and I've heard several of your testimonies on other shows, on others, uh, other shows, 
And uh, they always go kind of go back to where we were when we were a kid. And testimonies, as you and I know, and many of your listeners know, are divided into three parts. Our life before Christ, how we came to know Christ personally, and our life after Christ. And, uh, and, uh, and there should be some change after we come to know Christ in a personal way. And I grew up in Milwaukee, and uh, my, my father and uh, mother didn't go to church at the time. Uh, my dad played uh, softball, beer league softball. We'd go to Clutch Park, and after the game, we'd go to the local watering hole, and uh, they'd spend all their money and buy some lunch, and we'd play the pinball machines, and uh, we had a great time as kids. And uh, that was my growing up, but it, it introduced me to the game of baseball, softball in those days. And uh, all of a sudden, though, somewhere about eight or nine or ten years old, um, we started going to church. And it was a Methodist church on 33rd and Walnut called Kingsley Methodist Church. It had a long history in the city, and uh, it, it bowed out uh, you know, at a time when a lot of churches were moving out. And uh, the city was undergoing some changes. And, uh, but I grew up in that church and uh, learned a lot, but never heard anything about a personal relationship with Jesus. It was pretty much a social place to go. Uh, many of the people in, in my elementary school, 31st Street School, and then Steuben and Washington High School were going to Kingsley. And uh, so it became a fun place to play. We'd play basketball on Saturday mornings. We were in some of the drama. We would go to the church services in the Sunday school. I got confirmed. And, and I thought being a Christian was doing good things for other people and going to church on Sundays. Now, both of those are important things to do. But uh, I heard nothing about anything uh, about a personal relationship or getting to know God personally through Jesus Christ. So that's the way I went through high school. Went to Northwestern thinking the same thing. And, and with my life, everything had fallen in. Academically, athletically, it was just a wonderful life, and I credited that to being what I thought was a Christian. And uh, I got down to Northwestern and uh, got to know the, uh, the, the chaplain of the university, Chaplain Ralph Dunlop, a great guy. And uh, in getting to know him, I got involved with the, the chapel services on the campus, and uh, a, a girl I was dating at the time and I started leading a Vesper service one night a week. And uh, again, all I thought being a Christian was helping people and going to church on Sundays. And uh, that went on uh, through my undergraduate and into my graduate time at Northwestern. And, and then one day, um, a girl I'd, I'd known really well, a good friend, I lived on the south end of the campus and on Northwestern's campus along Sheridan Road in Evanston. Most of the men lived on the north end and most of the women lived on the south end. So I took that long walk along the campus and uh, went down to visit this person uh, whose father had become critically ill. He'd had a heart attack, as I recall. And she lived on the second floor of an apartment. I went up to visit her, tried to comfort her, and, and wasn't getting anywhere with my words. But all of a sudden, I felt uh, a power, literally a power, overtake me. And words that came out then were no longer my words. They, they were my words, but it was almost like someone was, was directing those words. And uh, I started, I was almost shaking. I had goosebumps. I said, what in the world is this? And, uh, and, and trying to comfort her again, I think that was accomplished, not through my words, but through those words that were coming. I think, through the Holy Spirit at the time. So anyway, I got out of there. I accomplished what I thought I was there to accomplish, tried to comfort her in her, in her need, and, uh, and walked back. And on Northwestern's campus, there were two seminaries at the time, Seabury Western Episcopal Seminary on the west side of Sheridan Road and, uh, and Garrett Biblical Seminary, a Methodist seminary on the east side, right across from each other, right in the middle of Northwestern's campus. And uh, Garrett had a little chapel uh, that was always open. And I walked in that chapel about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, whatever it was, and got on my knees. And it was a beautiful little place. And I said, God, that had to be you. And whatever that was, however I experienced that, is it possible 
to have that more often or to experience that realness. And I didn't really know about inviting Jesus in. I do now. Uh, but I kind of did. And I said, Lord, if that was you, if that were you, would you please come into my heart and just take over? Amen. And after that, my, my life didn't change. It was still the same. But I was beginning to be changed from the inside out. And uh, I've told some people that during my, my Northwestern career, I had three friends. Uh, one of them told me I was prejudiced. Another one told me I had an uncontrollable temper. And I thought, oh, man, that's the kind of friend to have. And, uh, and it, it just, it, it, all of a sudden I thought, wow, what's this? And another third one told me I had a pride problem. And so there I was trying to work through those things, and they were all right. And, uh, but God was beginning to, to work inside of me in those three areas. And uh, I was prejudiced and didn't even know it, just by the things I said sometimes and the joking around. And uh, I thank you, thank my African-American friend today for pointing that out to me. And, of course, we've come off a year with COVID and all the, the garbage that's been going on with uh, COVID and the religious stuff and the political stuff. And, and uh, wow, I had to learn some things along the way. So anyway... Uh, I went about my business and moved those coaches from one coaching position to another, like I mentioned earlier. And when I, uh, when I was at the high school in Evanston teaching, Billy Graham came to Chicago, and a number of teachers, and I went down to hear him. And I thought, oh, I never heard anything like that. It was really powerful, and, and the Spirit spoke to me. And in my heart, I accepted the invitation didn't have enough guts to go forward. We were sitting up at Soldier Field, place way up in heaven somewhere, <laughs> and uh, and it, it just didn't didn't quite register to go forward. But that was the first time I heard about you know our personal relationship. And uh, later on, I was invited by the basketball coach at Northwestern, Coach Rohr, to go to a Fellowship of Christian Athlete Coaches Conference up at Green Lake, Wisconsin, and. Uh, so I went up there, and there again I heard about a personal relationship with Jesus. And now it was beginning to sink in. You bet. But everything was still falling in place. So I ended up after Evanston going out to northern Illinois, and I coached there for six years, and we had some really good teams. And everything was falling in. But my second year there, I married a girl I went to high school with. And it was one of those not good, not bad marriages. And after uh, six years... Uh, I came home, or in the middle of the fifth year, really, and uh, she said she didn't want to be married anymore. And that was the first thing, major thing, that I look back and I say, whoa, the bottom fell out. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to handle that. There was no such thing as divorce in our family. And uh, I knew enough about God by then that that wasn't supposed to happen. And, uh, and, and I... I blame myself for all this what was going on i was that kind of a guy i blame myself and shoot myself in the foot and uh anyway now i had to really come to grips with who jesus was who jesus is and what he meant in my life so i went up to wisconsin without my wife and so it was a, a you know it was a good news bad thing bad news type situation I went up there looking forward to being the Big Ten coach, but not going up there, not looking forward to being there without my wife. So that brought me to my knees, and I began to grow. So that, that's my story. Amen. And since then, uh, I mean, my life has changed totally. Amen. You know, I, I just, uh, it, it's funny, Tom, because, and I get goosebumps literally every second segment of Faith in the Zone, and I'll tell you why. Because your your journey, your journey. Sometimes it's it's immediate, right? Where where you know you've hit rock bottom, and 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 it, my testimony is a little bit different. Where you know I, I was 100 percent Irish and doing things I shouldn't be doing, and I was given an ultimatum by my wife, and I you know what for me that I I needed just horribly I needed 
to, to get into the book and to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I needed that in my life to save my marriage and to save, you know, this great family that I had and have. And then there are other times where it's kind of a little bit slower of a a journey and a burn and not that immediate. But what I love is when you said, look, I my my life, I, it's not like all of a sudden I said, okay, come into my heart, and and I was perfect after that. You know, that there, there just isn't such a thing. And I can tell you that when I accepted Jesus Christ, the, the, Satan didn't want to lose me. I was a really good soldier for him, Tom. And and I and I was tempted with more stuff than you could imagine that first year, and I couldn't understand it. And then I went back to Pastor Darrow at Eastside. I said, "Look, man, I thought you were taking care of all this for me." And he said, "No, you think Satan wants to lose you, pal? You're like a you're a front line guy for him. You're, he's going to come after you for a while." And and I just love that uh, the fact that you know you you took full credit and 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 blame for what. Had happened. So that first marriage lasted six years then, Tom? Lasted six years, and she was a wonderful girl, and I just didn't treat her as well. And I found out subsequently that many other coaches that I was with and many players I had, their marriages didn't last either. Mm. And so, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, wow, if you had to live life over again, that's one thing you'd begin to emphasize a little bit more. How to, you know, and I, I began to study. I didn't know if I'd ever get married again, so I began to study what marriage was all about, what being a good husband was all about. And I was I was meeting with a lot of people, uh, even back in those days, and many of them whose marriages were suffering. And so I began to get in the Word and try to find out what being a husband was all about, what being a father was all about. And we didn't have any children in that first marriage, and that was probably fortunate. But uh, I, I became a student of marriage, and it made all the difference in the world when I later met my, my wife now of 43 years. 43 years. And Glenda, as is your, your wife's name, and, and, and Sherry and Lauren, we'll ask you a little bit about them on the other side of the break, and we're going to get to a break. And before we do that, you know, Billy Graham had such an impact on, on millions of people, and, I, and, and Coach Rohr from Northwestern to invite you up to that event at Green Lake, I think— you know, coach, that he that just what what a great thing for. Sometimes it's it's hard for us men to invite other men to events like that. Is Coach Rohr still with us? I don't think so. He ended up being the athletic director at Ohio University, and uh, just was a wonderful guy. And I never played basketball, but I got to know him through other basketball coaches, and uh, and he was he became a role model. Well, you know what? One day when you meet him in heaven, yeah. thank him. And he's, and I'm telling you, he'll have a smile on his face. But you know, you him inviting you to that event in Green Lake, I think, had a big part in your testimony and your journey. We are talking to Tom Meyer. He is the a former Wisconsin Badger baseball coach from two from 1970 to 1983, 13 years. We're going to talk to him a little bit about that part of his life, and again, his life verse. Romans 8, 28 through 31, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Again, he is Tom Meyer. He is a former Wisconsin Badger baseball coach. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Kellner. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. Well, Moses had stage fright. And David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen and you changed the world. Well, the more Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. You know, during the break, I asked uh, Tom Meyer again. He is our special guest, former Wisconsin Badger baseball coach. He's now a pastor of volunteer recruitment at Eastbrook Church. I said, Tom, growing up, man, I got beat up all the time, got punched in the face a bunch, never cried. 
But those second segments, Tom, it just, it does, it tears me up. And, and everybody has a story. And sometimes it's really quick. And sometimes it's this journey that the Lord brings us on. And, and yours was just a, a, you know, a marvelous journey with all these things going on when, when you finally made that decision. And, and I love the part where the Lord put some words in, you know, in your lips, basically saying, look, here's what you should say to comfort your friend. And that's, I think, where it all started. Hey, Tom, as the baseball coach up at Wisconsin from 70 to 83, um, during the break, I said, uh, you know, can we talk about that? You said, hey, I got fired, and I'm more than willing to talk about that. Not many people, I think, you know, are, but you said, hey, that was a long time ago. Let's talk about your tenure up at Wisconsin and what that was like for you. Uh, it, was, it was really a dream come true because, as, as we talked, I'm from Wisconsin, and even though I went to Northwestern, Wisconsin was my home, and it was just so special to become the head baseball coach at the University of Wisconsin. And I, 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 to this day, I really thank God for that opportunity. It, it, it molded me and shaped me in ways that I never would have been molded and shaped otherwise. And uh, it was just a, a great opportunity with uh, the young men and the other coaches around and just the opportunities it presented, uh, you know, get embellished in one's one mind and heart. And so I thank all those people who were involved in that process, and there were lots of them, too many to name. And uh, But the, the players, we, we all get together yet. One of the players, Craig Zerbel, brings everybody together, even though baseball is no longer at Wisconsin. Uh, he brings all the players together once a year for a golf outing, which takes place in about two weeks out in Middleton is west of madison so we look forward to getting together with these guys can you uh can you hit the uh the golf ball long and far and straight or what oh i don't never could <laughs> me in fact, neither we go on these golf outings on the best courses in the summertime as coaches at wisconsin and it was a fundraiser and i told Elroy hershey athletic director with me along he loses money when i go on the golf course because i hit people and everything else so hey. but it was a good experience to get around and meet people all around the state well tom i i uh I, I, I'm a horrible guy. Everything, because I played so much softball, it's inside out. Everything I hit goes to the right, so I aim way to the left, and it's just not it's not good. I play with my sister, Colleen, who was um, pretty much a non-athlete in the McGivern household. There were six kids, and she decided to take up golf because her, her husband, uh, Ed, it, loves golf and plays a lot of golf. Well, my sister, Colleen, uh, playing golf with her is so boring to me. She hits the ball straight down the fairway about 150, 160 yards, and she, and she chips it up to the green, and she puts the ball in the hole, and she goes to the next hole. I get to see the whole course, Tom. I get to see the woods and the water and way far to the right. I, you know, She doesn't see the whole course the way I do because she just hits the ball straight every single time, and it drives me absolutely crazy. Hey, let's talk a little bit, if we can, about – why, the ending of your career up at Wisconsin and, and why that happened? Yeah, I, I, I don't know why it happened, but I found out afterward. At the time, I didn't. Uh, we had a, a, a very, uh, what do I say, a below-average season. And uh, we, we, we never did really well. We never won the Big Ten. We took second one year. I think we took third once or twice. Uh, we, we, we were facing some factors that other Big Ten schools weren't facing. Uh, budgetary things, uh, field conditions, and so forth. But I always looked at that, and I tried to get our players to do it, look at it as a challenge, and try to overcome those deficiencies. And uh, I've told people if they, if, if and when they get baseball back, that they, they really treat it well and give it the money that it needs to have a stadium and so forth. But uh, long story short, uh, my supervisor called me in at the end of the season and told me what a good job I was doing. Keep up the good work. You're one of the finest coaches in the country. And then we you know, started recruiting and everything else that you do as a baseball coach after the season ends. Two weeks later, another person called me in and told me my time was up. <laughs> and to my knowledge, nothing in between. There was nothing in the two weeks that I did that would have changed things. So I still don't know. The, the, the actual reason. I've heard some things and asked some things, but uh, it just kind of didn't make sense to me. So 
Uh, some people said it was because I was a Christian. And I don't know if that was true or not. Uh, it's, it, it doesn't make any difference now anyway. But uh, another question came up, why didn't you get another college coaching job? Right. And when I lost my job, uh, one of my mentors was Dr. Alexander, John Alexander, who was the national president of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Their national headquarters was in Madison. And Dr. A and I were meeting every week for years as long as I was in town and he was in town. And uh, I went up to see him as soon as this happened, and he sat me down uh, right on Langdon Street where all the fraternities are. He sat me down, and he said, you know, it wasn't such and such and such and such who fired you. And I said, I know that. And basically, he was reminding me that God was involved in all this. And whether God fired me or not, God allowed it to happen. And uh, and I, I looked at it that way right from the beginning. And then, uh, then isolated myself for three days. We had a friend in our church who lived out in the woods uh, west of Madison. They set up, a, he and his wife set up a tent for me and put a light out there and a table and share and some books to read and a big old Bible. And I went out there for three days seeking the Lord. Do I go back and do I stay in coaching, go somewhere else? And when I finished that three-day three time, a friend in our church approached me and asked me if I'd take a trip around the world with him. He was with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, and uh, he worked for uh, with student training and missions. And he was going to visit students all around the world, and he needed someone to go with him. And my wife, Glenda, said, why don't you go? You haven't gone on a missions trip for a while, and I've been on a lot of them over the years, mainly through baseball. And uh, so I said, okay. And he said, well, you got to raise your own support. And around the world ticket wasn't cheap in those days. And from five people in three days without my asking anybody, the money came in. Wow. So I went on a around-the-world trip, and, and time won't allow me to tell the story fully. But we're in our first stop in the Philippines. There's a couple coming out of China, passing through the Philippines, staying in the same place we are. It was a gentleman by the name of John Kyle, who was the missions director for InterVarsity. He and his wife, Lois, were on their way back to Madison. While we were together for one night in the Philippines in the Wycliffe Center, he asked me if I would be willing to work for InterVarsity when I got back. And Bill Goheen, the person I was traveling with, would be my boss. And he said, you can talk to him when you get back a month from now. Let me know what you decide. Unbelievable. So that was God working. 100%. And, and I learned a lot in two years, and then they fired me from that job. And uh, now God really had my attention. And there were reasons for that, legitimate ones, as the job changed. And it no longer was me. I was around taking a square hole. And then uh, that moved us to Milwaukee, and that's another part of the story. Well, I'll tell you this. At 159 today, um, and, and we're recording this, uh, so maybe an hour and a half ago, I got I get uh, emails from InterVarsity all the time, and, and I'm on their their um, their mailing list, and, and I started reading this a little bit earlier. And, um, it's one easy way you can help on campus this month, and it's, it's just talking about, you know, Kids are going back to campus now, and, and let's make sure that that uh, as part of InterVarsity that, that we're there for them and people are there for them. And it's just a really interesting email. It, I, it's funny because I, I just saw it. I read a little bit about it, and then you bring up that you were, you were part of that. Hey, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, I'd like to talk a little bit if we can. Um, I want to be able to, to ask how you met uh, your wife, Glenda, and, and talk a little bit about Sherry and Laura, how they're doing and uh, we will wrap this up. We've got a short segment coming up. He's really been a great guest. He is Tom Meyer, again, former Wisconsin Badger baseball coach. We didn't get a chance to talk much about Eastbrook Church, and I will do that as well and, and uh, talk a little bit about, about his wife and kids. Again, Tom Meyer, former ba- baseball coach for the University of Wisconsin. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone. A journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. 
only on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus well, Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight You picked 12 outsiders Nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan Man, what a great show this has been. He is Tom Meyer. I look forward to meeting him in person and buying a cup of coffee. And if he ever meets with Coach O'Connell, you let me know and I'll buy the I'll buy the coffee, man. I, I will definitely buy it. Former Wisconsin Badger baseball coach. Hey Tom, um first segment we had talked about your first marriage. I'm wondering where did you meet uh Glenda? I met Glenda uh at Elmbrook Church in Milwaukee. She was a secretary. I'm gonna show you how long ago this was when they had one secretary. That and, was a while ago. Uh, she, was, uh, she had come to Milwaukee uh, through the Billy Graham Association, uh, traveling around with Leighton Ford, one of their uh, associate evangelists and his team. And uh, when they got to Milwaukee, she dropped off the team, and we met. And uh, it took a while because I was still trying to get together with my first wife. But that didn't work. And so uh, through a lot of guidance and uh, people encouraging me. Glenda and I got married, and as I said, we're in our 44th year. Yeah, congratulations. Um, Sherry and Laura, are they still uh, are they in our area here, or are they out of state? Sherry is. She's teaching first grade. I think she's been there like 16 years at Eastbrook Academy, which is just an outstanding school in the area. And uh, she's teaching first grade there. And Laura, uh, our younger one, uh, got married uh, about a year Congratulations. in the Navy and uh, may never set foot on a ship. He teaches engineering down there on the base. And uh, so we're, we're a little Johnny come lately, but sure enjoying a 10-month-old grandson. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, we've got four grandsons and another one on the way. My daughter Katie is is pregnant, and, and I'm so excited to have a fifth grandson. I, I, I'm thinking I'd like to try the granddaughter thing. I don't know, Todd, put frilly <laughs> stuff in the hair and all that, but I... You know, it's all these uh, all these boys, and, and we are just uh, so blessed. Hey, Tom, really quickly, and I'm sorry we don't have more time for this, but all the teams that you ever played on, so think about from the time you were at Washington High School, maybe even before that, to when you got done playing softball and any sport that you played, if you could play one more game, not as a coach, not coach, but play one more game, what uniform would I take out of the closet and have you put on, and, and, and who would you play against? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, well, there was one game. I was playing with the 901 Club in town, a local bar. We had four guys from Northwestern on that team, and uh, we were playing out in uh, West Dallas, and I had two home runs in one game, and there were a ton of scouts in the stands uh, watching some of our younger, younger players on the team. And I was already coaching on Northwestern, uh, and but I thought two home runs, maybe there's still a chance for me. <laughs> and I went over to these scouts who were all really good friends of mine by then, and uh, not one of them said anything about the two home runs. And I thought, oh, <laughs> but uh, I, I said I wore that uniform again because I enjoyed the two home runs. I didn't do that ever, and uh, but I, I more importantly appreciated those scouts who were looking at bigger things and were looking at. You know, me as not a player, but as looking at me as as a coach. It was a transition point in my life mentally. Yeah, but I love I love that. I the, the, as that second one went out, and I don't know what park you're in West Dallas, but man, that what a good feeling that that had to be. He is Tom Meyer again. I just thank him. Uh, I wish we had had a little bit more time to talk about Eastbrook Church. I know that uh, they're doing some great things over there. And, and as you had talked about, um, that Sherry is a, a teacher at the academy. I've heard nothing but good things about that academy. And um, being the pastor of volunteer recruitment, I thank you for your service for that church and, and, and keep feeding the flock while you're over there. Thank you, Mike. Thank 
And I thank the Lord for just what you're doing here and that God doesn't leave us where we were yesterday or today, but he, he moves us forward. And I'm hey. so grateful for that. I'm a changed person because of him, and so are you. You and me, uh, same time. And when I get a chance to go out and speak, and I, I get a chance to to go to men's groups at different churches, I always start with, you know, I'm not the man I want to be, but I thank God I'm not the man I used to be. Amen. Amen. Thank t- thank you, Tom. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on 12:50 a.m. The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul Ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight you picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen and you changed the world well the moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.